0: a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Saturday in Illinois, November 7th. Hopefully you guys are taking the walk of life. It's just a beautiful day, doing beautiful things with beautiful people, making beautiful money, whatever it is you do, eating beautiful food, cooking beautiful food. Hopefully everything is beautiful. I mentioned walk of life. We're all walking this life. And today on episode 128 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we are finally going to do the deep dive. Of Dire Straits, 1985 album, Brothers in Arms, and of course, lots of hit songs off of that album, including Walk of Life. I have been jamming this album for about three weeks to get all my opinions out about it, listen to every word, every melody, every everything so much. Like I've listened to this album pretty much doing nothing else, working, podcast, listening to this album pretty solid. I put a poll on Twitter and a poll on Facebook of albums that were killing the charts in October of 1985 because I was born in October of 85. So it was kind of like a, eh, wonder what was happening in 1985 when I was being born, conceived, being brought into this world. So I thought I'd share with you guys. And we can do that with anybody. If you want to know what was going on, the year and month that you were born, send it to me. I'll listen to those albums as well. I'm listening to everything. Speaking of everything, so this, I would say week, but it was three weeks, Dire Straits. Before that was Van Halen. Before that was Aerosmith. Before that was Nas. Coming up next week, the very next deep dive is going to be Hardy, a country artist. I'm gonna break down a Hardy album I reached out to some friends that listen to different music than me and I was like, "Look, I haven't broken down a country album yet. I want to do something new with some new country." So I was handed Hardy. As soon as this episode is over, I am done recording. I'm going to put it on. Maybe play some video games. Maybe take a walk outside cuz it is a beautiful day. Well, going to be beautiful evening. So might put it on and just take a walk, listen to some Hardy. See what happens. But on this one, we got Dire Straits, some Money for Nothing, Nothing, let me alliterate, Money for Nothing, and Walk of Life, plus the other seven songs that are on the album Brothers in Arms. After the deep dive, after you get done listening to me speak, we got two amazing guests from Amboy Cross Country. Cross Country Regionals were October 24th, the sectionals were October 31st, Halloween. I spoke to Amboy cross country coach Michael Robinson between regional and sectional and then talked to Amboy Jr. Lauren Althaus after the sectional, so after cross country season was wrapped up. And actually, the cross country sectional signified the end of fall sports for Illinois, so all of them are done. Tennis, swimming, cross-country, and golf all wrapped up now, waiting to see what we can play, if we're going to play things in the winter. As of right now, it just sounds like bowling, and that's it. That's it. State of basketball, IHSA is kind of put it in the hands of schools. I know St. Bede's not playing. Putnam County sounds like they're not going to play. Sounds like Mendota may not play. The only school in the vicinity that I have heard may play is Peoria Christian? And they're kind of out of the vicinity. So we're getting into that murky water like, hey, what's going to happen here? But if there's still only you know a handful of schools that do play, where are you going to play? Who are you going to play? What's travel going to be? What's time going to be? What's schedule going to be? Are we only going to have a six-game season? If you can get five teams in your conference to play, you're going to have a 10-game season? Play them twice? You're going to play them three times? I'm 15. Like, it's... Really, really murky waters here. Wondering what's gonna happen. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Not even the governing bodies. That's why it's on the schools and not IHSA. If you did not hear episode 127, I spoke with Mendota senior Amelia Bromenshinkle, who is second on the all-time girls career scoring list and definitely has the opportunity to surpass Jackie Bice and take the record. She could even possibly take the Illinois Valley record from Hall alum, Kaylee Klein. So yes, she wanted to play this season, but doesn't know if she can Also talked to Mendota girls basketball coach, John Hansen. We break it all down. I even broke it down in the intro of what's going on with Governor J.B. Pritzker and IHSA Health Department. Whew, it's just a crazy, crazy time. A lot of parts, a lot of Indians and Chiefs and everybody else in a powwow trying to figure out what's going on here. But the only one that really knows is COVID. COVID COVID-19 is the one deciding all of this. And I guess us, I guess all of us and COVID-19. Okay, okay, let me digress. I guess it's 50-50 on ownership here. COVID-19 for being here and not going away and citizens of United States of America or the world, if you want to look at it in a global pandemic wise, But we're 50-50 because we probably didn't take the steps or figured out ways to get rid of it in a timely fashion. Now we've been dealing with it since March. So I'm going to say it's 50-50 ownership of why it's still here and why we can't decide if we're going to play sports, if we're going to go to schools, if bars and restaurants should be open or closed. Yeah, crazy times, crazy times. But Michael Robinson, Lauren Outhouse, break down the cross-country season for us, break down regionals and sectionals. We played a awesome game of hot potato Halloween style. Actually, my next like five to ten guests have all played the same game. It was a lot of fun seeing the different answers and their reactions to some of them. Before we get to the Dire Straits deep dive, let's hear about how we can have a more comfortable living space. Our home, of course. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olsen Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured, at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. So Dire Straits, like I said, 1985 was a killer album. It was killing the charts. It came out actually May 13th of 1985. It was still on the charts in October. In my poll, it went against Whitney Houston's debut album, Aha, if you know who they are. I can't remember their top song right now, but it was on that album, and that's why they were on the charts. And Ready for the World, who had the hit song, Oh Sheila. But that was the only song that I ever heard of them, and they did not receive one vote on any poll. So sorry o Sheila sorry Ready For The World, but wasn't feeling you like that. Dire Straits actually blew away the polls though. I want to say Whitney Houston was a second, not even a close second, and that was because of her name. Dire Straits ran away with this poll as soon as I put it up. British band, very popular in the 80s. They actually formed in 77, kind of took a break in 1988, then reformed. In 91 to 95 before dismantling they had a lot of people in the band kind of movable parts for a little bit it seemed like but the key contributors on this album brothers in arms the may 1985 release which was the fifth album for dire straits was singer mark not bass guitar and vocals john illsley keyboards adam clark Keyboards and vocals, Guy Fletcher, the drummer Omar Hakim, and if you've never heard Money For Nothing before, I don't think you've ever listened to music. It was like a theme song for MTV for quite a long time, but on Money For Nothing, Terry Williams did the intro drums for that song. And trust me, we're going to break down Money For Nothing and talk about that song for probably a little bit, because it's historic. That's a historic song. Dire Straits as a band has sold over 100 million albums. That's a crazy, crazy amount of albums sold. Brothers in Arms is actually their best commercial album as they sold 30 million off of that and is the first album ever to sell 100 million copies on a CD. The first ever. So in 1985 CDs were still not real popular, not really collecting steam. Dire Straits comes along and is the first band, first music act to sell a million copies on a CD. And in the UK, where Dire Straits is from, Brothers in Arms is the eighth best-selling album of all time, of all time in the UK. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Band, which was inducted in 2018, did win a Grammy for Best Engineered Album with Brothers in Arms, and was nominated for Album of the Year but did not win. The winner of the 1985 Album of the Year was actually Phil Collins, No Jacket Required. Phil Collins is my man. I'm sure he will be on one of these deep dives eventually. But Brothers in Arms was killing it. It hit number one on the charts all over the place, Australia, UK, all over the world, and was number one on the US Billboard charts for nine weeks. That's pretty impressive, very, very impressive. What is different about Brothers in Arms was the length. Nine songs is not very many songs, but it's 55 minutes and seven seconds. Other albums that we've deep-dived, Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith, nine songs, 37 minutes. Diver Down by Van Halen, 12 songs, 31 minutes. So what i found is Dire Straits went to town on intros and outros. Like we're talking about a minute, minute and a half, two minutes of just straight music before words are even said or after words are said to end songs. So it's kind of cool. You got like instrumentals of songs too. Like, as they're playing. You get the song, you get the lyrics, and you get instrumentals, which was kind of cool. I liked it. The singles off this album, like I said, nine songs, they had five singles come out. Five singles came out of a nine song album. Seemed like every song that they created that was on this album was gonna be a single, almost. So Far Away, Money For Nothing, Brothers In Arms, Walk of Life, and Your Latest Trick were all singles. Just tons of singles. Money For Nothing is the iconic song. So you know, every band, every music actor that we all know has got that one song that just boom, is like in your face, never goes away. It's there for years and years and years and years and years. That's Money For Nothing for Dire Straits. But Walk of Life is that, like, cool song that everybody knows, likes, and remembers, but just didn't have that mass appeal like the other song did. Even though you might like it more, it just didn't blow up like the other one. What is really cool about this album was military songs. Like, there's three songs that are talking about military and war and Brothers in Arms. Brothers in Arms is obviously one of them. The Man's Too Strong and right across the river. All military related songs. I know this is 1985, really wasn't a world war going on. Civil war, obviously not. Revolutionary war, obviously not. Vietnam, no. But we're talking about military, and war, and armies. And it was kind of cool to have somebody show respect like that. You know, this is before a 9-11, before terrorist attacks, Besides war, you know, usually it was like, a, hey, we're declaring war and let's go at it without the terrorist attacks that we have witnessed in recent years or that we are worried about now. So to have these songs about the military show respect to the veterans and people that went through this and the PSD patients and all of those things that happened from war, it was cool to kind of dive into that with music. It was cool. There wasn't a song on this album that I didn't like. I'm not saying that I'm going to put all of them on a playlist and listen to them all the time. I am not saying that I'm going to listen to this album every year. That's probably not going to happen. There's a lot of music. I listen to a lot of things. That's not going to happen. But if somebody were to play one of these songs, one of the nine songs that are on Brothers in Arms, I will not be mad. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'll turn this. I don't want to hear it. I'd still listen to it, and enjoy it. Every single one of these songs. Yeah, I'm gonna rank them from one to nine, and what song I like the best and and the least, but even the least song, number nine on my list, isn't a song that I would never listen to again. I wouldn't throw it out in the trash, and be like, no, I'm never listening to this again. This is awful, which I've done. (laughs) There were songs on Van Halen's album. I'm like, okay, I'm never listening to this again. There were songs on Aerosmith and Nas at least one that I wouldn't listen to again and wouldn't want to hear if somebody just turned it on randomly. Dire Straits, this album, I can listen to it. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind. The first song on the album is so far away. It's kinda got like a Jimmy Buffett feel. It's not like country or bluegrass, whatever you want to define Jimmy Buffett as, but just like the guitar riffs and the like keyboard when it hits, it's like it's Jimmy Buffett. I wrote down the lyrics that Made me think of this song the most. Like if somebody said this, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, that's so far away. Tired of being in love, being all alone, when you're so far away from me. So far away from me. And it's kind of that track. Like, hey, I love this person. I'm not getting to see them enough. They're not around me enough. I don't want to lose that love, but what do I do to show my love? I don't want to talk to you on the phone, try to kiss you through it. You said something like that. When I say he, again, I'm talking about Mark Fear the singer. But he's saying, like, hey, we're together, but you're there. I'm here. What do we do? So if you've ever been in one of those situations, you know what Dire Straits is talking about. Second track on the album, Money for Nothing. Sting, from The Police, has some vocals on here. Maybe you've heard him before. I want my MTV. If you were alive in the 80s and probably early 90s, you heard that a million, gazillion, bazillion, bazillion, gazillion, and on and on and on amount of times. It was pretty much the theme song for MTV. It had the little moon guy or whatever you want to call him going into a TV screen with MTV on it, and that was on MTV nonstop. Commercials leading up to shows, Everywhere, and we're talking about when MTV was really MTV, not now when it's reality TV and nobody really watches it unless you're like a teenager, maybe in college. But they don't even have the countdown shows like TRL anymore. So I don't know if you're watching it for anything except the attractive men and women on the reality shows that get voted off and then they replace them with other ones. And yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But Money For Nothing has a very, very, very long intro. It's a cool intro, and it's leading you up into awesome guitar riffs. The oh, Okay. Mm. Awesome guitar riffs. Awesome, awesome guitar riffs that once you hear, probably never forget. This is one of those songs, again, I've just said never forget, never forget, never forget. This song is in history. Like, retired in history as a great song. On the polls that I had for Deep Dive and which album I was going to do, some people just put Money For Nothing, didn't even put the name of the album or Dire Straits, it was just Money For Nothing. That's what this song meant to people. But this song was in the news a lot, and coming from 2020 where, excuse my language, but the word faggot is pretty much a giant red flag and something you don't say. Going back and hearing the song, the first time that they said faggot in the song, I'm like, what, huh? They, they said what? Re-listen to it? Oh, I probably listened to this song 20 times in the last three weeks. Re-listen to it again. I hear faggot. And I'm like, that is really, really racy. I can't believe they said that. And this was a hit song on a hit album. And they won Grammys and they're on the Hall of Fame for saying the word faggot. And then you got to rewind. 1985, 2020, totally different atmosphere. And the way they used it wasn't really belittling, wasn't the meaning of anything. Just saying, like, hey, we're in a band, you think we're little drummer boys, little people playing these little music instruments and not really good, and don't know what we're doing, we're like little kids. But we're going to do this, we're going to make money off of it. You think it's nothing, we think it's a career. You can call us faggots, but we're going to do what we want and make money for nothing. So then I listened to it again, after like finally getting that message. And I'm like, oh, now it makes complete sense. Started to piece it together like, okay, now I know why they said faggot. Now I know why they were acting like this. Because in 1985, like punk bands, bands like Dire Straits, are not really punk. And they're from the UK. But even in the UK, I'm sure in 1977 when this band was formed, people were looking at them like, what are you doing? You think you're cool or something? Like, you think you're going to make music? Making a band? Making this noise? So that is where the song came from. And it was an awesome track. Awesome, awesome, awesome song. No doubt about it. Three, Walk of Life. It's a feel-good track. I love it. I've heard the song a million times as well, even before breaking down this album. It's great. I'll play it every once in a while if I'm out and about and just want to have a good time and chill out. The keyboards are phenomenal in here, Adam Clark and Guy Fletcher did their thing, just a really, really good feel good track and if you've not heard it, gotta check out Walk of Life and Money for Nothing, but if you've never heard Money for Nothing, you've obviously were born under a rock, live in a closet, or you're just young. If it's option three and you're just young, go check it out. You have Spotify, you have YouTube, you can check it out. The fourth track is Your Latest Trick i legitimately thought i was listening to kenny g saxophone just going off cool riffs cool melodies it was awesome you don't hear a word for a minute and thirty eight seconds just going nuts but it was awesome kind of cool vibe until mark no fear starts singing and it just kinda took away from it a little bit i don't know his voice just didn't go well with it it's a good song just different, just the connection between voice and the music itself just didn't like connect, gel fully 100%, probably about 78%, we'll give it a 78% flow instead of 100 But if you've had long nights, whether it's with the opposite sex or at a bar or any other occasion that you think of when you think of long nights, you'll appreciate this song or relate to it. Like I said, words are good, music are good. Just together, just in my mind, just didn't connect right. Five is, why worry? Starts off with like a lullaby intro. Guitar, keyboards, just really smoothing, just like this, just chilling. First word is at one minute and 14 seconds is baby. It's like a reassuring baby. Like baby, don't worry, just don't worry about anything. Everything's gonna be okay. And I know I say that in a joking tone or singing it in a joking tone but It's actually an okay song You know just reassuring your loved one the person that you're with that you know, no matter what happens things are gonna be okay Here's the course I'm not gonna sing it. I'll just say it. Why worry there should be laughter after pain. There should be sunshine after rain These things have always been the same. So why worry now? Why worry now? If you've ever been in a relationship, there is no way you have never said the words, don't worry, or why are you worrying now, or please don't worry, baby, come on, it'll be okay, don't worry about it. you said those things. So if you've ever been in a relationship, listen to this song, you'll relate to most of it. So I joke about the lullaby and the baby and the reassuring tone as you put her arm around her and you're telling her, hey don't worry about nothing got you like it's okay. You've done that you can relate to this song. 6. Right Across the River one of the army songs or military themed songs. This one was kinda cool. I like well they're all cool but this one the music was cool you got like crazy different vibes. One minute I feel like I'm in Africa at a safari. Then I felt like I'm at the pyramids with like dancing snakes. Then I feel like I'm like Tomb Raider or somebody going through a cave on a mystery adventure. Then I feel like I'm on a boat going through the Nile with like sticks, pushing myself, looking for an adventure. That was just the music. Without any words, that's what I felt like. And the words themselves are pretty much saying like, hey, we can go anywhere. We'll go across the river and take care of the matter. go anywhere with our brothers and fight for our country, or fight for what we believe in. So, it was a cool beat, kind of weird in sense of like, okay, we're talking about this on a, you know, music that's kind of got like different country flows, but at the same time I kind of dug it and I understood it because things like war, army, life happen everywhere. It doesn't matter what country, it happens everywhere. So I got the message, and I got the connection. Seven, The Man's Too Strong. Like a bluesgrass type of music. I think they busted out a banjo. But I love the storytelling. This, again, another military track. It's an old drummer boy who's in the Army, lived the Army life, and is kind of doing his confessions of the bribery and thievery and killings and stuff that he had done through war and not knowing how to feel about it. Not knowing if it was weakness or strength or villainous. I like the storytelling in The Man's Too Strong a lot. Track eight was One World. Opens up with guitars, straight guitars, rock song for sure. Not like heavy, but just, you know, that 85, early 80s rock vibe was definitely in this song. And it's kind of talking about like, hey, this is our world. Let's try to live in harmony. Let's try to be cool but hey, we know there's these struggles and it's not that easy to do so. And number nine, brothers in arms. It's like, hey, why are we in war? Why are we here? Like, I don't wanna be here. I don't wanna kill anybody. I don't want them to kill me. And no fears voice is really soft and it's low and it's resonating the pain that is going through these soldiers and the family of the soldiers in war. And then you got the other side of it, like, hey, all's for naught. We got each other. We're brothers. We're doing this together. We're never going to forget this. Don't want to relive this again, but I had you to do it with. Cool message of war. I mean, that's how you would want to feel. I mean, those are your brothers. Maybe not born together, not same family, no blood ties, but those are your brothers. When you're in a war and you have to rely on somebody else for your life, and they rely on you for their life, that's brothers. So I'm going to rank these backwards. Like I said, I don't dislike any of these songs. I would listen to them again all of them. Number nine is Brothers in Arms and it's only because of the soft voice and it is a cool story it is storytelling but it's not music that I'm gonna go and listen to all the time and be like hey I'm happy I'm listening to this. If it comes on I'm not gonna turn it and if I see it somewhere and the songs listen next to it or not top favorites I'm gonna listen to it again but out of the songs that are on this album it might put me to sleep I'm not gonna lie just really soft tone and kinda hard to listen to that on a regular basis but I like the song I will listen to it again 8 so far away even though the Jimmy Buffett feel was cool and I understood the meaning of the song I just like more better and if you feel alone while you're being in love maybe you should Just not be in that situation. I've been in that situation, and it took me a little while to understand that. So maybe you got that from the song. That, hey, you gotta move on. Otherwise, you're gonna feel like this dude. Seven, your latest trick. I loved, loved the saxophone. That's why I wasn't last. The words were cool. Saxophone, amazing. Just the connection between the two, putting the music and words together. The guy's voice, it just didn't click with me, but I liked both parts of it. Song, music, already said that. That's why it's not higher, but the saxophone is why it's not last. Six, why worry? I like the reassuring tone. I know I was making fun of it. without not really making fun of it, just kind of singing it in a, in a goofy voice. But I like what he was saying. We all relate, we all go through it. Know the feeling firsthand. Five, this man's too strong. The storytelling is amazing. Probably the best story in this album. And the bluegrass was kind of cool. They switched it up between the rock and the jazzy feel. And I like the changeup. You've seen the versatility of their musical abilities. Four, I'm going to go money for nothing. It may be because it's, in my eyes, overplayed. I don't want to say overplayed, but I've heard it so many times. And even though I understood why they use the word faggot and you know, coming at you at the way they did, I got it. And most of us can relate if you're trying to do something different and you have people telling you, no, that's wrong. Why would you try to do that? Hey, you're a little faggot for trying to do that. I'm only saying the word because they use it in the song. It's not in my vocabulary normally. So that's why I put it four. I love the guitar riffs. It is a head-bobbing song or just like you, you're grooving to it. Just I like the the top three better. Still a great song, it's in history, in history. It's a Hall of Fame song by itself without even being attached to this album. Three, One World. I like the cool, kind of slow, not slow rock, but like soft rock. You got the guitars, opens up that way. I like the theme, the story behind it. It was a cool song. Two, right across the river, like I said, the safari, the pyramids, going through the cave, on a boat in the Nile. Talking about war and military and I'll go across the sea, I'll do whatever I have to for my party, my family, my brothers, whatever. It was cool. I felt like I was on a trip. I really felt like I was on a trip. I was going somewhere. I was with them on a voyage. And if you didn't think I was going to pick Walk of Life for number one, oh yeah, oh yeah. Just a feel-good song that I would listen to anywhere, anytime. I dig it. The keyboards phenomenal. I'll probably listen to this song even more now that I went back and listened to this album. Really listen to the words and trying to take my walk of life and the walk of life with my family members and loved ones. That is the deep dive of Dire Straits Brothers in Arms. Hopefully you enjoyed. Hopefully you go and check it out. A couple tracks that I had said or talked about why I liked them. Like I said, saxophone, keyboards, Guitar riffs, there's a little bit of everything in this album musical-wise. And they tell some cool stories, military, love. It's a good album, a great album, obviously. Sold 30 million copies. That's amazing. Go check it out if you have not. So this next week, I'm going to be listening to Hardy, switching Up to New Country, and we'll talk about that probably next Sunday. One thing I love about music is that you can listen to it while you're working out. Definitely gets me pumped up. Working out, feeling good about yourself, it's awesome. What's awesome about that connection and the Illinois Valley is LP CrossFit. Since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley. A customized way to get in shape while having fun. And they throw in some music as you're working out. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan. Whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFits trained coaches. Tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Check out episodes 129 and 130 tomorrow, November 8th, on a Sunday. Gonna hit you with two shows, one in the morning and one after football. Maybe not after the Sunday night football game, but at least after the morning and midday games. So you're going to get two shows, two episodes of Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Sunday. Well, I have nothing else to say. Dire Straits is going to take us to a walk of life. And Michael Robinson, Lauren Althaus is going to take us a run of life, cross-country style. Until next time, peace. Cross-country regionals wrapped up on Saturday. Just... A week away from sectionals the next Saturday, which happens to be Halloween, I am fortunate enough to have Amboy Cross Country Coach Michael Robinson with us. Or Mike, he says I can call me the war, so maybe we'll go Mike. But how's it going, Mike? How are you? Doing good, Brandon. How are you doing today? I am doing all right. Do you get that a lot? Like, hey, should I call you Michael? Should I call you Mike?
1: I get called everything under the sun. Uh... The kids call me Coach Rob. The school I teach at, they call me Robbie. So I get called everything.
0: So if you are a rapper, they'd call you M-Rob.
1: Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, when I was in college, the uh, kid next door, or the room next door, the kid uh, fancied himself as a rapper. He actually called me Crazy Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, when I w- was in college and, you know, I was part of a DJ company and did some bartending and stuff, they called me Cracker. So I, I've i run the
0: gamut on nicknames, so. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You have a lot to be proud of. Your boys' team won a regional. Congrats for that. Thank you. And the girls' team finished fifth, also advancing to sectional. So you guys have one more weekend of running to do. You have to feel Pretty awesome and amazing with what your team has been able to do.
1: It's been great. I mean, with the season, you know, back in August, not even knowing if we were going to have a season to make it all the way through the season and to, you know, win the regionals on the boys' side and qualify for the second year in a row on the girls' side, you know, it just feels pretty
0: darn good, i got to admit. Let's start with the girls. It took a little bit to get on track, weren't really winning a lot of meets, but you had some good finishes. Lauren Althaus has been at the top of the, you know, results, the box seats, box scores, almost every race. Then about middle of the season, end of the season, you started picking up some wins and they started to tally up.
1: It started off a little rough, you know. Uh, Lauren and another girl named Bailey, uh, one of our Lamoille girls, were the only two returning off of last year's sectional qualifier team, you know, we lost three girls to uh, to graduation with Margaret, Sydney, and Emma leaving for graduation, and another girl that wasn't medically cleared to run this year. So we were, you know, wondering if we were even going to have a girls' team with other than just Bailey and Lauren. And you know, when the IHSA said you know, volleyball is going to be in what we consider the spring, now uh, we had three girls come out that usually play volleyball two from Amboy with uh, uh, Brooklyn and Madeline, and we got our first ever AFC runner because we are technically a four-school co-op, Brittany Mundell from AFC, and, you know, they weren't too sure what they were going to be getting into, but they caught on quick, and all three of them have come on strong here at the end of the season and done some good things for us.
0: Let's make sure we get all the last names in here. So we got Lauren Aos, Brittany Mundell. Who are the other ones? Madeline McLaughlin, Brooklyn Welchel, and Bailey Ellis. So you had some volleyball players step up, help you guys have a girls team, and now they're going to the girls.
1: Oh, and I I can't
0: forget uh, we got Ellie Jones, too.
1: Ellie's a freshman that came in this year, uh, was originally going to split time with volleyball and cross country and then came out full time for cross country, too. So she actually became our number two runner. That was a big pickup for us as well.
0: Yeah, when you first said her name, I was like, "Oh yeah, I have said her name on this podcast many times."
1: Yep, Ellie came out with us, and her older brother, or her brother Andrew, is uh, on our boys' team. So it's turned into quite the family affair. We've got a set of twins and a brother and a sister on the team
0: now. So that's pretty cool, little family dynamic. Yeah. At the Class One A St. Bede Regional, like I said, you guys finished fifth, the last spot for advancing teams. Was that kind of like a Thank God we made it or, oh, uh, uh, we almost didn't make it. What was the first reaction?
1: Uh, it was tough there for a minute. Uh, I got to admit, I, I was stressing a little bit, not knowing how things were going to go. You know, It's hard to keep track of everything when they're running four different races now because of the COVID restrictions. And so it's, you know, we did okay here. What are we doing? But then they did this. And so you, you're playing mind games with yourself. And we honestly didn't know until the final results came out. And we looked at the scores, and we were safely in fifth. We were actually only uh, two points behind Princeton. So we were safely in fifth. It would have been nice to have been higher, but,
0: you know, I'll take it. We got another week out of it, so. You know, throughout the season, had the rough start, go through the, the patches with injuries, you know, the normal things that happen in a season. What were some things that you were saying to the girls to keep them motivated, you know, not... Veteran runners, you have a freshman, you have volleyball players. Only a couple of runners that were going to be out for cross country. What were some things that you kept saying to them, or trying to preach to them, to keep their heads in it and to stay positive?
1: I tried to keep it light with the girls. Some of them would kind of get down on themselves, and it would be different for them. You know, I've I've worked with Brooklyn for three years now on the on the track team, and Brooklyn is a a fierce competitor and she can get kind of down on herself when things don't go the right way for her. And so, you know, working with her and just maintaining, you know, that she's strong and that she can do it and she can be helpful was, you know, a challenge that, you know, sometimes is harder than others. But she's a good kid and she always would bounce back and work real hard. Madeline and Brittany were the same way, you know they weren't real sure what they were getting into at first and you know we talked about like the first week of practice we run minutes we don't run miles so by them to go out and do something you know go out for a long run they will say you know go out for like 35 40 minutes blank stare you're like you want us to run that long at one time i was like yeah that's how we do our, our long runs and stuff we do it by minutes coach that that's that's 40 minutes I was like yeah (laughs) so you know getting past that initial that shock value with that and just keeping it light was you know I think it was the best way to go with them with Lauren Ellie and Lauren have been friends for a long time so they you know Ellie worked off of Lauren with what Lauren you know already knew from last year so it was easy and then Bailey was with us last year, so Bailey already knew, you know, how we ran things at practice, and they kind of just showed them the way, and we had some younger, you know, Lauren's a junior and Bailey's a sophomore showing the seniors how to do things, so it was kind of a family atmosphere with that, and they all kind of latched together.
0: I don't know if you've had this experience at Amboy. It is a smaller school, even though you guys are a co-op. Probably not huge numbers, but sometimes I feel like the smaller teams do get that family atmosphere, that family vibe, and it's better suited than sometimes having a big team with a lot of numbers and there's not that close-knit. And yeah, people stepping on each other's toes for really no reason. You know, they are teenagers. That stuff kind of happens. How do you feel about that as a coach in high school sports? I think it's big. I, I really do...
1: Having that family-type atmosphere, you know, we might argue with each other, they might fight with each other, but in the end, they still have each other's back, they're going to go to bat for each other, they're going to support each other. When we were running on Saturday, all the kids, all the boys, um, and all the girls lined the course the entire way. Bailey running in the uh, last girls' race by herself against... You know, not with a teammate against all these other kids. Every single kid from Amboy, Lemoyle, Ohio, AFC that was there was just cheering her on and, you know, getting her to, to finish the race and, you know, work harder here or, you know, be careful here. She had a little stumble uh, coming down one of the hills and everybody was like, you can do it, Bailey. You know, getting on her in a good way and helping her get back focused on the race. And she ended up running really well. And, you know, having that family atmosphere with all the, not only the students, but all the parents and family members that came to support uh, both the boys and the girls team this weekend made it really nice. And we saw how much people, you know, how much the community actually cares about these kids.
0: That's pretty amazing. That is definitely pretty amazing to have the boys and girls cheering each other on and not just a family with the boys team or a family with the girls team, having a full family cross-country community with those schools that's pretty cool yeah i thought so how was it in the beginning like you said there's four schools this is a co-op was it weird getting them together to gel to become friends to become that family environment that exists now was it a weird thing or did it kind of just click
1: Amboy and Lamoille in Ohio, you know, they've been co oping for a while now with cross-country and track and some other sports, football. So it's not, it wasn't really a big deal for the Amboy, Lamoille, and Ohio kids. Interesting to see, and the girls were actually talking about this last week when Brittany came down. Brittany's our first and only uh, AFC kid that we've ever had for cross-country. She mentioned last week that, you know, when she got to practice the first day, everybody kind of looked at her and she thought everybody hated her for being, you know, an AFC kid. Because then, you know, basketball and uh, some of the volleyball and some of the other sports, you know, AFC and Amboy are are rivals being so close together. And she said, you know, I I thought you guys hated me, didn't trust me or I, I can't remember exactly what she said. They started talking, and they became friends, and now it's like they're all sisters, so. It was definitely interesting to see that dynamic take shape over the years, you know, I, or not, I shouldn't say over the years, but over the the weeks that we've been together, I kind of wondered if there was going to be some animosity there because of that rivalry, but that animosity never played out, and it worked out to our advantage, obviously.
0: It's weird how life works sometimes, isn't it? Oh, Yeah. Heading into the Seneca sectional on Saturday, today being Tuesday, a few more days left to work out things, try to polish anything up if need be at this point in the season. What are some things that you're telling them? Again, young team, different kind of team, not veteran runners. What are you telling them at this spotlight? This is the end of the season for them and the biggest award here. I mean, right now, it's just, you know, surviving. We talked about it on Saturday. You know, we've had
1: two different rounds of kids getting quarantined this year because they were exposed to COVID. You know, thankfully, none of our kids actually caught it. But since there were some exposures, you know, we lost Ellie for uh, several of the races. We lost three different, four different boys two different times throughout the season. On Saturday, after we, you know, knew that we were going to, go on those sectionals with both teams it was like okay one more week you know we got to survive one more week here with this so it's just been preaching you know stay safe be smart you know don't do stupid things and then obviously you know maintain that level we're trying to hit that peak now so maintain that level don't go out and run around you know with a no hair or no hat with wet hair on a, on a rainy day you know the old the old wives tale stuff of you're gonna get sick and you know we just we're trying to stay healthy and maintain
0: right now definitely sorry if that was a crazy question i was trying to get to my point no no problem yeah you answered it well so maybe i asked it well <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah maybe who knows who knows so what is your history with cross country were you a runner in high school
1: I ran track in high school. I was actually a football player. Um, I was on Princeton's uh, 02 semif- semifinal team. I didn't have much experience when it came to distance when I ran track. I was a sprinter. The longest I ever ran was a 400 in high school. And in you know college, I never ran anything more than a 400. When it came down to distance, uh, I learned a lot of it from... Uh, former coach Halberg, just, you know, I, I got hired on at Amboy as the assistant track coach and worked mainly with sprinters, but, you know, we watch each other and see, uh, I learned from him on you know, different techniques and, you know, workouts and stuff like that. The next fall, he, well, hey, can you run cross-country practice for me? I've got a a park board meeting or I got an appointment. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I I took it as an opportunity to, to learn some new things. That kind of stuck and i ended up coming next couple of years a couple nights a week and just you know hanging around to practice watching the workouts going to the meets you know working with the kids when he couldn't be there and just you know learning from him and then the different clinics throughout the area i I got a lot of advice from you know some former coaches in the area like dale donner over at bureau valley Uh, i learned a lot from him and some of the stuff that he's done over the years with some of his great teams. I'm good friends with Nick Hank from Hall, uh, who's an assistant cross-country coach and then the head girls track coach, so him and I are always bouncing things off of each other. Going to Princeton, I was around Pat Hodge for years and years, not only you know as an athlete when I was in school, but... After I graduated high school and uh, did, was doing school and stuff, I was working for Princeton Elementary District, and I was driving a uh, bus for the high school, and so I'd be driving cross-country meets, and I'd be watching those, uh, getting ideas from Pat, you know. The nice thing about cross-country is you're competing against each other. Going back to the, this family atmosphere, people aren't, they're going to help you. They're going to give you ideas, they're going to give you suggestions, and then they're gonna up to you to, you know, make that own decision, what's going to be best for your guys and your team. You know, I've had a lot of help over the years from, you know, former coaches, my, my old college coach, who was a cross country coach and a track coach for 30 plus years, has come to a lot of meets, talked to me about a lot of things, suggestions here and there. So there's been a lot of help along the way and a lot of people that I can bounce ideas off of and, you know, people are willing to help. A couple of weeks ago, we called it a coaches roundtable. Me, Nick, Hank from Hall, uh, Halberg, and um, Dale Donner all met at dinner, and we just sat and we talked for it was about two hours, and just about you know old stories and ideas and things that they've done over the years, and just kind of sat back and took it all in. Dale Donner is a legend. He is. We joked about it. a Couple. Years ago, when uh, the girls over at BB uh, won the 4x1 down at the state track meet, I would give them a hard time, you know. They gave me a hard time, I gave them a hard time. And uh, when they went and ran and won the 4x1 over St. Joe that year, half-jokingly, I went up to Donner and I said, hey, you know, get a picture of them and have them sign it. I want an autograph so, you know, one day I can say I knew, you know, these kids... Well, he actually did it, he took a picture, had him sign it, and it showed up about two years later in my mailbox, and as a joke, I said, you know what, Dale, I'm going to frame it, and I'm going to put it in a place of prominence when you walk in my front door, and that's where it's sitting, it's sitting on a cabinet, right, as you walk in my front door, Nick came over a couple weeks ago, he goes, you weren't joking, you really put it in a frame by your front door, I said, yeah. Because Dale sent a little note with it that said, Hey, thanks for the motivation. These girls couldn't have done it without you. And they appreciate it. And I was
0: like, okay. So that that <laughs> note and that picture in a frame right inside my front door. <laughs> That's awesome. That is very cool. And I am also friends with Nick. I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do if you're friends with him. He's actually a pretty intelligent guy. I did a trivia thing with him one time actually at Princeton or in Princeton. It was him... Me, uh, a couple guys from the newspaper, including Kevin Klum, the News Tribune sports editor, a couple other guys. Oh, uh, Andy Puck, the volleyball coach from Princeton. Just a ragtag group of guys in the sports world. And Nick kind of impressed me with his knowledge of just randomness. He's good at that. Him and I will pop up random things every once in a while and just go back and forth with
1: it. We played a lot of golf this summer, and some of the things we've talked about, just
0: it was interesting. So you said you were a part of the O two 2 semifinal team for Princeton. Did you graduate in 0-2 then?
1: Uh, I graduated, yeah, well, that was the fall of O two. 2 I graduated in O three. 3 so I was a part of the, uh, what was it, three or four time in a row sectional championship track team. I think we won three or four in a row under uh, Don Carlson and Dan Fose. Dan
0: Foz is still there.
1: Yep, and that's another one. I, you know, going to track meets and where Princeton and the boys are at, like to say, uh, always talk to Dan and say hi. And you know, he was a teacher when I was in school, and I had him I had him for a couple of classes, and, and over the years, we've maintained a, a decent relationship when it comes to coaching, and we'll, you know, acknowledge each other when we see each other, and it's nice to have coaches that coached you still around, and show them that uh, stuff that they taught you, you're teaching. The next generation
0: so that's got to be pretty cool for you to have this just like wealth of knowledge and guys that have been around for quite a long time and have been very successful that has to be a pretty cool I guess lifeline or support system you got there oh it's
1: been
0: fantastic
1: I remember when I got hired as a coach you know as an assistant coach for track way back in 2015 was my first year of coaching track one of the first people i contacted about it was don carlson he was my track coach in high school and him and i had a great relationship back then and it's continued over the years i still remember the uh, message he sent me back and he goes you're my third former athlete to become a coach and i am very proud of you and you know i can only expect good things out of you when it comes to coaching and i I still remember that today. All the former coaches that I had that I'm still in contact with, you know, they're always asking, how are things going? You know, how's this? How's that? And, you know, that's, you know, kind of what I want to do when I'm coaching is not only do I want to go out there and do right by the kids, but I want to do right by the former coaches that I had that, you know, they taught me so much over the years. To me, it's a point of honor that I can, you know, honor them and what they've taught me. And pass it along you know I still use terminology when it comes to workouts and stuff that Carlson used on me 20 almost 20 years ago now so just a way that I can keep you know his honor or his uh, coaching practice going even though he's been retired for a couple years now so
0: definitely want to keep going talking about cross country and your Amboy co-op boys team but real quick you did mention college running a couple times where did you go to college at
1: I ran two years NAIA at uh, Ashford
0: in Clinton, Iowa. Okay, that had to be a cool experience.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. It was definitely interesting because I met people from all all over the country. We had kids there from California, from New York, uh, a lot of uh, Chicago kids. With it being a Catholic school or being, at the time, it was run by a uh, group of nuns, uh, an order of nuns. They would get kids from all over the Caribbean. And so the kid that started like the same time I did was from St. Thomas. Big black kid named Samori, we called him Shaq. He was like six foot 10 or something like that and was like 250 pounds of solid muscle. But he was the nicest kid you would ever meet. And we actually had to take him out shopping the first week he was there because he only came with shorts and a t-shirt. Never had to worry about snow and he moved to Iowa in the middle of January nicest kid you'd ever meet and he actually um i was i had a motorcycle at that time and he goes hey can i can i ride your motorcycle i go i'll let you ride my bike if you can tell me the shift pattern he got on the bike told me the shift pattern and off he went i was like okay
0: oh wow Wow. So that's pretty impressive i definitely just wanted to know where you went to college you mentioned it a few times We were talking about all the coaches that you have picked up stuff from, helped you along the way. Now, how many years have you been with the cross-country team? You said five with track. How many with cross-country?
1: This is my second year as the head coach, and then I volunteered. It would be four years as a volunteer, so six total.
0: Okay. And how have you been able to use those things passed on to you from the guys that you know and to help form this team and help guide this team that you have now that just won a regional championship?
1: I think the big thing is taking, you know, some of the things that they've taught me about technique and skill and especially workouts. You know, that was one thing. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was a little worried about running, doing workouts with distance kids and the cross country workouts, you know, it wasn't something that I was used to when I, you know, first started because I was always, you know, when I was in school, I was a sprinter and that's what I mainly worked with was the sprints and the the jumps when I was coaching track. You know, I picked up things from Bob as it went al- as we went along and you know workouts that I've seen him do. You know, going through and reading. You know, I'm kind of one of those people that thinks you can't you can never stop learning so you know picking up USATF books picking up cross-country books getting workout ideas from that reading different things from like Bill Bowerman and you know incorporating things from Craig Virgin you know a great Illinois cross-country runner from the years past and just taking different things and making them my own making them stuff that I want to work on or ideas that I have and that have been given to me and
0: making them something that would work at Amboy. Let's talk about this team. I mean, Brock Loftus and Ian Eller were on Edge of Your Seat podcast at the beginning of the season, maybe a little bit mid of the season, but they were on this season, and they have been at the top of the box scores, the races, every single race. But as time has gone on, so have other people. You've had... Guys step up as the years went on to help this team be a team and not just a couple of guys. Yeah, you're right. You know, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, we lost Ian to
1: uh, COVID quarantine, you know, at wrong place, wrong time at school. Kid that he was around tested positive and with contact tracing, he was out, missed three meets, so Saturday was his first meet back at Regionals. And while he was gone, we also lost our twins on our team, Ryan and Charlie Dickinson. They actually got hit by the cor- or the contact tracing bug twice this year. They only ran in a handful of meets, so there were times when guys that are usually our Ian typically our number two, Charlie are typically our number four runner, Ryan ran number seven for us on Saturday. They're out, so it was kind of that next man up mentality. This year, Andrew Jones filled in great for us when he ran. Andrew's typically our number five. Uh, there were times when he was running as our number three. Kyler McNinch, you know, he got hit by the corn, the uh, contact tracing bug early this year. Um, so... Andrew moved up to, uh, and Charlie got knocked out at that point too, so Andrew moved up to our number three there. A sophomore, Garrett Pertel, stepped up big for us this year. We like to give Garrett a hard time. He's got the fastest 1.x mile time in the state, um, according to MileSplit. We ran a meet up in Eastland back in September where the the open race was 1.8 miles, and MileSplit has it as 1.x. He's got the fastest one point x mile time in the state. We keep we don't let him forget that. He stepped up big for us this year. Our our lone senior on the team, Calvin Deering, stepped up for us this year. Wyatt Lundquist has come on real strong, uh, especially mid season on his times. Just it's like you were throwing a rock off a of bridge. They just his times just dropped, and he was. Real big for us when, you know, the guys were out. It it was kind of one of those things where everybody just, they knew they had to perform and they did. You know, we were running some meets with only five guys and we still won. We had a meet up at Rock Falls where, you know, that day we literally found out five minutes before the bus was leaving that we weren't going to have three guys because of contact tracing. It's like, all right, got to step up, got to do what we got to do. We didn't think that we were going to win, and we ended up winning. And same thing with Oregon. We didn't think at a meet in Oregon, we didn't think we were going to have a chance, and we came out with a 10-point victory. It's like, okay, you know, we got something special here because everybody knows that it's time to step up when they need to.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first regional for Amboy cross-country? It is the first boys'
1: regional championship, yes. The girls won a couple years ago um, with Megan Grady and Aaron Hosto, Margaret Voss, and Caitlin Orgeason, you know, uh, girls that we had. I want to say it was 2015 when they won at
0: the fall of 2015. I believe I was there, actually. Yeah, they won over at Rock Falls. A lot of girls that love to run. That's all they wanted to do, it seemed like. Megan and Aaron are still running. Meg's doing fantastic
1: out at St. Ambrose. She just placed, a, what I said, what Bob tell me, seventh in a huge meet in Iowa, running fantastic times. Just an all around good kid. Just loves to run. Got a great sense of humor, and you know, really passionate about what she does. Erin was loved to run as well,
0: and you know, she'd
1: been doing good things as well. So.
0: I want to put this boys team that you have kind of in that caliber. I mean, it seems like all they want to do is run and do the best that they can as well.
1: I don't want to say that's what they live for, but, you know, it's definitely what they were built for. Brock has over 1,000 miles in. Since uh, the sh- we call it the shutdown back in March, the kid just went out and he ran. Uh, he put the miles in. He put the work in this summer, and it, it really paid off for him. And the rest of them, too. Ian, Kyler, Ryan, Charlie, Andrew, uh, Wyatt, Garrett, Calvin—they all worked really hard. Especially when it, we got in the season, you know, it's not easy going from okay, what's going to happen? Are we even going to have a season? To okay, we're having a season. How long is the season going to last? To all right, now that's out of our mind. How uh, what are we going to do with the season? You know, and that's kind of what I was preaching to him at the beginning you don't know how long it's going to last so make the best out of it you know i honestly we thought we we're we're going to get one meeting and that was going to be the end
0: of it and here we are last weekend of october and we're running at sectionals again after a regional championship yeah some other sports are not going to be as fortunate it seems like i know uh, there was a ruling today that they're going to push or hold, I should say, hold the basketball season, saying it's now high risk instead of medium risk, and they might not get to play. Be interesting
1: to see. We were definitely lucky to to get the season. You know, we wanted to be able to go down to Peoria and run at Detweiler because it's such a, it's so steep with history and such a great course. But you know, originally we were told we were only going to get a regional, and then we got surprised with a sectional. So we'll take what we can get. You know, and we're we're happy to have it because so, some other sports aren't going to be that lucky this year.
0: A weird year. To say the least, a very weird year. Yeah, to say the least is right. Anything else we can say about the boys team? I think you did a pretty good job. The work that they've put in this
1: year, is nothing short of fantastic. You know, Every day, day um, they come, they're ready to go to work, they do what they need to do, they have fun doing it. You know, Sometimes they can get a little squirrely, but you know, they're teenage boys. They, that, that's what that's what they do. But uh, they know that when it's time to work and it's, it's time to race, that that's what they're there for, and they're going to take every opportunity they can get.
0: Being that you were a teenage boy in Princeton and I was a teenage boy in Mendota almost at the same time, we know exactly what that means. <laughs> Teenage boys don't change, that's for sure. No, not at all. Because you are only a year older than me. I graduated from Endota in 2004. Okay. But yeah, we didn't change. They don't change. The names nope. and, and faces might change, but it's the same thing. Yep.
1: I'm sure going back 40 years, it was the same way. And then 40 years in the future, Brock and Ian are going to be saying the same thing about kids that are their age now. or
0: teenage boys. They don't change. Not at all. Not at all, my friend. Well, before we move on from cross-country, congratulations again for the boys and girls, Clippers, Lady Clippers. You guys had an awesome season and still got one more meet to prove what you can do on the cross-country course.
1: Yep, but it's like, like I say all the time, you know, I can't take the credit for it. I just tell them what to do. They're the ones that actually go out and do it. Parents kind of get on me a little bit because I I don't get in the team pictures or I'm not big into the picture things. It's because they're the ones that do all the work. I'm just I'm just along for the ride. I was lucky enough to get the job and lucky enough to work with such great kids that I don't need the spotlight of the pictures. Let them take it. (sighs) Spoken like a humble, wise man. (laughs) <laughs> I try to be. Some people might not think it, but, you know, I'm always going to give credits to the kids. I'm just telling them what to do. They're the ones that actually go out and do it.
0: Oh, yeah, because you, I'm sure you've had this too, where you tell kids or try to give them advice and they don't listen and it's the complete opposite story. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a teacher. I know exactly how that goes. <laughs> I, I, teach, I teach at a behavioral
1: school, so it's, My day job and my after-school job are night and day differences, so...
0: So you're well-rounded.
1: Oh, yeah. That's another nice thing is I've got a co-teacher up there that she's a Spartan racer, and at one point she was one of the uh, top ten Spartan racers in the country in her age bracket. She knows I go to a meet at night. She'll, next morning, the first thing she does when she walks in, how to go, what were their times what, you know, what they do with this mile, what they do with this. And it was like, so I've got her to go off of. And, you know, she's given me workout advice for him. And she's now a certified nutritionist. So she's been helping with that over the past couple of years. You know, they need to look more into this or more into this and cut back on this. And so I got to give some credit to Cassie as well. She's been very helpful with all that.
0: What's Cassie's last name? Cassie Jennings. Gotcha, gotcha. Had to give her a shout-out, you know? Yep. All right, we like to play games here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I know we had discussed one, but I thought of a second one, so we're going to play two quick ones if you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. All right, first. Actually, I'm going to ask you one thing real quick before we get the games. Are you following the World Series right now as we speak? Game six is on between the Dodgers and the Rays. Uh.
1: A little bit. Not, uh, you know, I'm a Cubs fan, so when the Cubs can't score more than a run in a game in the postseason, it's kind of hard to get into baseball. And with everything else that's been going on, my time is very limited. So
0: Yeah, one run in two games. That was awful. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that was a dagger to the heart for that one. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Okay, moving forward, moving forward. Let's play Now and Then. The Bears just suffered a 24-10 loss yesterday, Monday Night Football, to the, I always want to say St. Louis, but the Los Angeles Rams. Bears offense did not look good, but we could talk about that for years and years and years. That's your favorite team, correct? That is my favorite team. And we are probably sharing the same woes of that game yesterday. Yeah, that was a hard one to, to stomach. Defense looked good in spots. But the Rams do have a good offense, so it wasn't like a stellar defensive performance. And the offense looked atrocious, except all but one play. Yeah, you know, I think that's been the M.O. for the Bears for a
1: couple years now. Flashes of okay and relying on the defense.
0: Yeah, and that 5-1 record is starting to look a little not 5-1-ish. Now they're 5-2. Facebook memories pop up every
1: once in a while, and I go back to the Lovey Smith and the Mike March days and say,
0: yeah, this This kind of sounds familiar now, doesn't it? (laughs) For sure, for sure. All right, let's do now and then with the Bears. First, let's pick your favorite player on the Bears roster right now as we speak. Favorite one on the roster right now has got to be... I don't
1: want to go cliche-ish with Khalil Mack, but the man is a beast. He is a, a phenomenal defensive end uh, slash linebacker. you got to give it to Akeem Hicks, too. But I think my number one favorite player, and this goes to my college uh, favorite team, Eddie Goldman. He opted out of the season. I think that team, that defensive line is 20 times better with Eddie Goldman in there. Great run stopper able to plug the gaps and you know most importantly he was a he was a seminal he was a florida state
0: seminal good pick good pick i am going eddie jackson that dude is amazing i love him He's a ball hawk he reminds me so much of charles tillman i'm not saying he's a good as good a player as peanut but a lot of similarities early on yeah i can see that now the second part of this game who is your favorite Chicago Bear of all time? Oh, that one's tough. You know, there's
1: there's so many great ones. You know, kiss Sayers, Coming Forward, you know. The, the Fridge is always a good pick, but I, I think the most obvious choice is Sweetness. Walter Payton has got to be number one in a lot of people's books. I say that, one, as a football fan, but two, I actually met the man. And that was a great experience. People really don't know this. He owned a IndyCar racing team out of Chicago. Actually, it's just based off of 55. It was Walter and a guy by the name of Dale Coyne. And I had cousins that worked for... Payton Coin Racing. Their names are Bernie Myers Sr. and Bernie Myers Jr. Well, Bernie Myers Sr. for a long time was on the pit crew, was a crew chief, and then did a lot of stuff in the office building. Well, unfortunately, Bernie uh, Sr. back in the early 2000s had a heart attack, passed away in the office building, and Walter came to family house, sat with the family, you know, talked stories about Bernie and just was generally kind hearted and a, a good man to talk to and to sit with, being that he actually talked to the family and wasn't just, you know, a high profile celebrity that owned somebody. He came down and talked with the little people, as we'd like to say, and, you know, he showed that he was actually a man of compassion and that he was a good,
0: good person. That is an awesome story. Wow. You had the opportunity to meet a legend, an epic icon.
1: Yeah, and I mean, my dates might be off. I think it was more of the late 90s when that happened before he passed. But it was it was definitely a, a heartwarming
0: thing. So, Wow, good stuff, good stuff. All right, the second game I want to play with you, just real quick. I mean... You guys are going to run on Halloween. We have to play a little Halloween game. So we're going to do hot potato Halloween style. You ready for this? Yeah, let's go for it. So I'm going to give you two options. You pick which one you like the best. Example, red, blue. You would pick a color that you like the best. All right? All right. All right. All right. So we're going to start with mummies, vampires. Um, uh, Mummies. The Munsters, Adam's family. Adam's Family. I mean, it's Halloween, so we got to think Candy, too. Reese's or Twix? Twix. Snickers or Butterfingers? Uh, Snickers. M&M's or Skittles? Skittles. Wildberry Skittles. Oh, those are awesome. <laughs> Michael Myers, Jason. Uh, People are going to laugh at me. I've never seen either of them. Whoa! Yeah, I'm laughing right now.
1: Uh, I take that back. I've seen Freddy vs. Jason. That's it. I'm not a horror
0: movie guy. Okay, okay. Well, the next two that I had were horror movies, so I guess we can't go there. I mean, you can try. Freddy Krueger or Chucky? Uh,
1: Chucky was creepy. Chucky was bad. I don't think there's a kid out there that's our age that uh, ever had anything
0: that was close to resemblance of liking Chucky no no but it is fun calling John Gruden the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> coach Chucky that is fun yeah it's fitting too yes cause he does look like him as long as he doesn't hear it <laughs> true 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 Hocus Pocus or Casper the friendly ghost
1: oh that one's tough that one's tough cause I like both of them um Focus, focus for Zachary Banks uh, aka uh, Timothy McGee on NCIS.
0: Black cats or skeletons? Uh, skeletons. And of course we gotta do this one. Halloween or Christmas? We gotta go with Christmas. Halloween or Easter? Um, Halloween. Halloween or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Without a doubt that's my favorite holiday. Next is St. Patrick's Day. I understand your reasonings for both. (laughs) A lot of Irish blood running through me, so. Gotcha. Says it all right there. Yep. Well, Coach, Michael Robinson, thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Congrats on the awesome season that you guys have had. And it's not over yet, so I know you guys are going to do your thing at the Class 1A Seneca sectional on Saturday, Halloween. So, Thank you again for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yep, thanks for having me, Brandon. It is Sunday, November 1st. Yesterday was the amazing cross-country sectional action. My guest today, Amboy Jr., Lauren Althouse, was a member of the sectional, and Seneca did fairly well. Lauren, how's it going today?
2: Really good. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, of course. And I wanted to just keep talking about how awesome you've done in the postseason, but I guess I can let you say all that stuff. (laughs) Thank you. We'll start with yesterday's sectional at Seneca, Class 1A. The Amboy Girls finished 14th. And you, as a lone runner, was 47th with a time of 22-28. I know you probably wanted a place better, but that's not too bad at the Seneca sectional. I've seen a lot of familiar names and really talented runners.
2: Yes, that is correct. I mean, I gave it my all during the meet, so it was a good run.
0: As a junior, make it to the sectional, which in a weird COVID-19 era year, there's no state tournament. So you got to the furthest you could, and like you said, give it your all. So how did you feel about your performance at this sectional?
2: I felt fairly well. It wasn't one of my highest points of the season. I didn't PR during this meet. We definitely gave our all. Our team did. The hills were crazy here. They were insane. I've never seen anything like it before. It's very comparable to our Eastland meet that we had earlier in the season.
0: Have you never ran at Seneca before?
2: We have ran at Seneca. Last year, I ran here at Regionals.
0: Is this the first sectional you've been in?
2: Uh No, this isn't our first sectional. We went to sectionals last year. Last year it was way worse. There was snow on the ground and everything, so the weather cooperated a little bit better.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't rainy or nothing. It was a little windy, but not as windy as today. Yes, for sure. Did you have uh mittens on when you were running?
2: I don't personally wear mittens. Sometimes I will hold a hot hands in my hand just to keep them warm, butt, and then we'll throw them off to the side. Me and my teammates do, but...
0: Not too bad, not too bad. So being that you were in a sectional last year, was it easier for this one to kind of know the level of the competition, what you're going up against?
2: Yes, it was. There was less people here compared to last year. Of course, due to COVID, all the meets do have to be a little bit smaller. This was our biggest meet of the season so far, of course, but um, we definitely it was nice having all the runners at the beginning
0: felt like last year. Let's rewind just a little bit. Well, let's go to the St. Bede Regional. The girls finished fifth, and you were 10th with a 21.36. Is that your fastest time of the year?
2: Yes, 21.36 would be my PR.
0: And you did it at Regionals. Congratulations. That's not easy to do. Yes.
2: Yes, thank you. It was really nice at the Regional race. I had a couple girls help help me along the way. We're all talking to each other, which usually you shouldn't do but we were all supporting each other and it was really good to see other schools all coming together
0: did you talk and run at the same time
2: <laughs> just brief words not too much but
0: sometimes i can't even walk and talk at the same time <laughs> you're like no i want to do a 5k and talk the whole time
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I actually like St. Bede's course. I've been there a few times. I've never ran it, but I've seen it. It goes through the apple orchard, around the school, in the back, in the woods, and then goes up in front, almost out to the road that leads from Spring Valley to, to Peru, and then back towards the school again. So, long track. I don't know about the hills, but what did you think about the course?
2: Um, I really liked the course. It was kind of cool because the bells were ringing right when they started the race. So I was as I was running, they had bells going off, and the apple orchard was pretty cool in the back there. And So, yeah, and then they had, like, this field that you'd go run through, so that was pretty cool.
0: The Saints just kicked a field goal and tied the game 13-13. <laughs> Good. Well? We're going to do Chicago Bears updates as we talk here, Lauren. Okay, well, that's fine. Are you a Bears fan?
2: I'm a Packers fan. Oh, no. Well, I, I'm i kind of in between sometimes. I'll support the Bears still. I'm not totally against them.
0: Okay, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I cannot say the same. I do not like the Packers.
2: Yeah, they've kind of gone downhill, though, but it's whatever.
0: Yeah, they lost today, and I picked them to win. I thought they were going to handle this game pretty well, and they lost.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's it have
0: gone downhill, that's for sure. All right, we can get back to running cross country. We don't want to talk about <laughs> okay. football. So PRing at the St. Pete Regional, that had to be a great feeling. I mean, of course, every race that you run you want to do better and better and better than before, but once you get to the postseason, there's gotta be some pressure and nerves and you know, knowing that these are the last couple races, especially in a weird year like this. So how were you feeling going into the race and then afterwards when you know you PR'd?
2: Um, I was really nervous going into the race. I mean, it's a course that we've never ran on before, so I just knew, like, it's all a mental game for me. I knew not to overthink it. Just just get out there and do it. And then after the race, I felt pretty good. It was in the morning. It was kind of cold that day, actually, but I still gave it my all and supporting everybody along the way. It was a good time.
0: When you went through the apple orchard, did you take an apple?
2: no i didn't they're actually the apples were all on the ground so the trees were just there
0: did you crush some apples as you ran through
2: no we crushed a lot of leaves though
0: (laughs) nice what is your favorite course to run at
2: i know a lot of people don't like the eastland course but i look back on it now and i kind of realize like it was very challenging but the hills i'm not totally against Sometimes I don't like flat, fast courses just because, I mean, it's more, it's kind of endurance levels. I really enjoyed the hills at Eastland, but, because there was a lot of up and downhills, so I enjoyed using the downhills.
0: Okay, so you didn't let the hills intimidate you?
2: No, I did not. The one at Seneca is a different story, but the ones at Eastland, I thought it was kind of a different course, because it was all like one on a huge hill, but it was just little up and down hills
0: all over one huge hill. So the Seneca's course... Hills were worse.
2: Um, the one hill was definitely worse. That I've never. It's very comparable to Starve Rock. The Seneca courses, I would say, because once you get in there, like they're steep drops. The downhills you can't really use much because you got to slow down just so you don't fall off. There was a mat with a tree, and it was it was crazy.
0: So, if you wanted to, could you have just rolled through the course?
2: You probably could have. You could have jumped off the hill, maybe, if you wanted to. <laughs>
0: It might uh, improve your time a little bit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) So being a junior, have you been in cross country all three years then?
2: I did not do cross country my freshman year. I actually went out for volleyball. My sophomore year, I ended up going out for cross country. My sister was in cross country for a year before. So I don't know. We We both do track, too. So it kind of runs in the family. So I just thought, why not another running sport?
0: There's like a fist fight now. The Saints and Bears are, like, fighting.
2: <laughs> oh, that's the best part.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? I thought I was watching football, not UFC. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and what's your sister's name?
2: She's Ashley Althouse. How old is she? She is a freshman in college. She graduated last year.
0: Okay, okay. Was she on that basketball team?
2: She was. She actually was the one who fell and chipped her tooth and her broke her jaw.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Nice. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. on my birthday, so that was great.
0: Something you'll never forget. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're showing the replay. A Chicago Bear just literally like slapped this dude in the helmet.
2: <laughs> oh, the Bears.
0: Wow, crazy. Oh yeah, I bet. I digress. We'll get away from football again. (laughs) That's okay. So what made you decide to make the switch from volleyball over to cross country last year?
2: All my years in track, since sixth grade to my freshman year, I've always been like a short distance runner. But my freshman year of track, I wasn't at my highest point. I was very discouraged that year with short distance. So during that year of track, um, they actually switched me over to long distance. So I was an 800 runner. And from there on out, I was like, Well, long distance really isn't that bad, so might as well go out for cross-country the next following cross-country season. So over the summer, I have like this three-mile block around my house. My freshman year, going into sophomore year summers. Um, So I just ran the three-mile block a lot during that summer. I was kind of nervous to go out for a new sport, but I made it work, and I actually really enjoyed it.
0: And now you're going to be a forever cross-country runner?
2: Oh, I hope so.
0: (laughs) Is track your favorite sport?
2: I kind of like cross-country more. Track is all right. I used to really like it back in the junior high. I don't know. Cross-country, I really like.
0: And then the Bears throw an interception.
2: (laughs) You got to be a Packers fan now.
0: That will never happen, Lauren. I'm sorry. That will never happen. (laughs) I will complain about Bears' bad football forever before I become a Packers fan. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, you got to just give it a shot.
0: I can't. I can't. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, that probably means you're not going back to volleyball.
2: Probably not, unless um, because of COVID, if volleyball's in, like, the winter, I'd go out for volleyball then, but not during cross country. Cross country comes first.
0: Gotcha. I think it's going to be pushed to the spring if it gets played at all, so then that would be during track.
2: Yep, I gotta make that decision. I'll do track for sure, though. Although, I think track is more in the summer
0: now. Yep, yep, they pushed it to the summer. So, yeah, I guess volleyball would be... It's really weird now that there's, like, four seasons.
2: I know, it's crazy.
0: You could do four sports if you wanted to.
2: (laughs) If I really wanted to, I could, but...
0: Getting into the season, which nobody thought would happen, and we just kind of briefly talked about other sports that could still possibly not happen. Everything's already getting pushed. Governor J.B. Pritzker and the health department are trying to not have a basketball season or push it into the spring when it was supposed to be winter. So things are still changing and we have to adapt at all times. How did you adapt during the season for cross country?
2: Um, well, it was definitely a change. I didn't really know if we're going to have a season or not, so I didn't really know what to expect or when, like, practice was going to start or what was going on. But we actually ended up, like, starting having practices again. I'm like, okay. Like, I started feeling really positive about the season. And so we just went to practice every day. Of course, it's different wearing masks all the time. But, I mean, you get used to it.
0: With your mask, were they cool? Did you have any cool ones that you bedazzled or anything?
2: No, I just wore the same blue one every time.
0: You didn't even wear Amboy colors, like black and red?
2: No, I didn't on my mask.
0: Or not even Packers colors.
2: (laughs) No, nope.
0: All right, I'm sending you some masks. You need some cool
2: ones. (laughs) I don't know. I like the blue ones. They're really comfortable. They probably don't do its purpose
0: as well, but... That's all that matters is comfort. I was just being a pain talking about new ones. I do have a Chicago Bulls one, and then I have a black one and a blue one. I switch them out depending on what I'm wearing, because I'm weird like that.
2: (laughs) It's just easy to wear the blue ones all the time. You don't have to make a choice.
0: That's true. That's true. (laughs) Gotta accessorize the mask. If we have to wear them, we might as well make them look cool. Oh, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I remember talking to Brock Loftus and Ian Eller who are members of the boys cross country team. And they had said, I think it's Ian goes to Amboy and Brock goes yes. to Ohio, is that correct? Yep. Ian was saying that you guys were in school, didn't do e-learning at all. Is that still the case?
2: Um. Yeah, this past week our coach actually wanted us to stay at home um, for the week and do online learning from there. I was honestly really upset about it. I love being at school i mean just seeing your friends every day it's just i need that social interaction so being told you can't go to school is definitely hard to take in for me um, but i made it work i um through the week and made the best out of it i can't wait to go back on monday
0: it's kind of a rare thing for you guys to be in school that whole time because almost every person i talk to from a different school they've had long stints at home doing e-learning or still not back in school at all so you guys are lucky
2: Yes, we are very, very lucky.
0: So, pretty cool week for you. You got to go to the sectional, ran pretty well. I'm going to go back to school after not being there for a week. So, a lot of cool things going on for you, Lauren. Yes. Did you do anything for Halloween, which was yesterday?
2: Um, well, that meet really wore me out, but no, we just went to my grandma's house who lives in town, and she usually gets with the trick or treaters and hands out candy, but nothing really too much.
0: Did you dress up?
2: No, I didn't. I dressed up as a cross-country runner.
0: I still had my uniform on. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, we gotta play a game. Let's play a game. Halloween-themed. How about some hot potato? You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Frankenstein or mummy?
2: A mummy, for sure.
0: Witches or ghosts?
2: Uh, witches.
0: Take that another step. Hocus Pocus or Casper the Friendly Ghost?
2: Hocus Pocus.
0: You said that like, yeah, duh. (laughs) Chucky or Freddy Krueger? Freddy Krueger. Jason or Michael Myers? Uh, Jason. Skittles or M&M's? M&M's. Twix or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Twix. Snickers or Hershey bars?
2: Probably Snickers.
0: And this really isn't part of Hot Potato, but out of all the costumes that you've worn throughout your years of trick-or-treating and all that good stuff, what is your favorite costume that you've ever worn?
2: When I was younger, I um, used to pretend that I worked at Target, so I dressed up as a Target bag for Halloween.
0: A Target bag?
2: <laughs> yes, I had a Target shirt on, and there was like a Target bag, and I had the handles as like the straps, and it was it was definitely a sight to see, but...
0: That is unique. I've never heard of anything like that before.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, Lauren, congratulations. Everything you were able to do during cross country. And hopefully we get to see uh, and track and maybe volleyball and everything else that you're doing this year with COVID-19 craziness. Thank you for coming on edge of your seat podcast and talking about everything.
2: Yes, me too. Thank you for having me.